Hello and welcome to episode 237 of Three Beers a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Hello, Colin. Looking marvellous on Zoom in blue. Yeah, in, in blue, yeah, and I've glasses on and everything. I'm looking intelligent today. You do. You look You look like a very proper IT person today. <laughs> I was going for a newscaster, perhaps, but... No, newscaster. You don't get newscasters with beards on, do you? I think that's probably sort of one of those things that like a beard's not trustworthy or something, so you don't want it. Dude, don't say... You're just saying that because you've shaved your beard off. That's so true, you, yes. Like you can now besmirch me for having a beard. No, I'm trying to think, you don't I'm trying to think of a bearded news presenter now. I think it's someone who think Unless they're in the field, like if it's sort of an outdoor report, like sort it's of okay, like... It's okay to have a big straggly beard in the field. Ah, yeah, because like you're that rugged... Like, ah, you've been embedded uh, with the troops and you're trying to get, you know, right <laughs> there. But if you're, living, if you're sitting in the studio, I think you've got the clean shaven. Oh, we, need, we need to research that now. I need to find some bearded news readers for you. Yeah, and, um, and find this out. There, there, must, there must be one. George um, guy, I think, had a little bit of a beard, but that's about it. Anyway, yes. You're looking more like an IT professional. And you're looking more like a two-year-old baby. <laughs> I have. I've got, I've got a haircut and I've shaved my beard, so I now look like a giant baby. I look like George Dawes from um, Shooting Stars, essentially. <laughs> you kind of do a wee bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's cute. I like it, but it is... Like a big, giant baby is what I look like. Just, just to give the, the, the listeners perspective, Richard always wears a beanie. Like, always wears a beanie. A or a hat of some description. I'm convinced you, you sleep and shiver with your hat on like, like a cowboy, do you know what I mean? Um, and then we put on the camera tonight and, and I got a bit of a fright. I was like, oh, this big ball fucking thing coming towards me. Who the fuck is that? Um, so, yeah, it was quite it was quite surprising. I've got used yeah. to it now. I'm, I'm settling into it. You're settling now. You're happy for now. You'll get used to it now. Yeah, yeah. I, can see those, I can see your dimples, which is cute. I will wear a hat next week. I just, honestly, I just forgot to put a hat on. That's literally all it was. I just went for a shower and got to grab one. And I couldn't be bored walking back up the stairs um <laughs> are you drinking anything of note tonight oh yeah so so before i start drinking i'm going to show you my bottle opener that, that i got for christmas oh thanos nice one look, look, look but look at the look at the like craftsmanship it? in that it's we've got like our... it's just um very very well crafted so it's a, a thanos gauntlet um bottle opener with, with encrusted with jewels and all sorts very we've good. got a christmas tea decoration that's exactly the same as that but it, it lights up and everything Oh, that's pretty fancy. Us nerds, yeah. man. We, we've got some cool shit nerds, haven't we? We do. We, we get the best, the best of stuff. I've got a Thanos Lego glove as well. Um, oh. Who was it bought me that? Barry bought me a Barry. for Christmas for birthday last year. I think it was, wasn't it? For Christmas, one or two. Yeah. He bought me like, a, the Thanos it's, Lego glove. So great. So what I'm going to open with my, my Thanos um, glove <coughs> nice. is a bottle of Furstenberg. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, selected by him at mine own hands um, on a, a joint to Asda because um, Asda are not really. You know, renowned for their, their fancy beers. Um, so I was limited to choice, and I figured Furstenberg, you can't go wrong with German. Can I think Tesco have got better of late. I mean, it is the ones you've seen before, but they're not, it's not like this, it's not only tenants and skull they've got yeah, anymore. Yeah, I know they do try, they've got the, the kind of smaller, like, wanky beer sections. Yeah. Um, but I, I figured Furstenberg, German, German brewing laws, I don't think you can go wrong with German beer, can you? Really? I don't, we've discussed this before. I, I love the taste of German beer, but it really messes me up, so I can't drink it very yeah, much. You, you can't do German. You would be horrible no. at Oktoberfest. You would just be like, oh, I'd be dead. Just ruins it for everybody else, just falling over tables and stuff. And... I'd be the guy, I'd be the guy who ruined Oktoberfe- uh, Oktoberfest if I was at it. <laughs> It would be cancelled after me. It would be like the scene in The Simpsons when Homer like, gets something banned because he was so drunk. That's what I would be like at Oktoberfest. It would be officially cancelled after I've been at it. 
Although I have heard people saying that that have been to it, um, our friend Matty C, who works with us, I think he's he said a few times that when you go because the, their brewing laws are so stringent, the beer is like really kind of clean and fresh, and you tend not to get hangovers. Apparently, I don't oh no, know no, it is. something I believe that's been true. Though the ones I've had, I've had hangovers. It just, it just. It makes me feel really sick. I think German beer to me tastes like a meal. It's very hoppy, yeah. I, you know, it feels like your, your yeah. stomach just inflames with it, and that's the problem. It, it takes you a while. Like, you feel like really bloated and stuff after it, um, because it's so it's so filling. It's like you can imagine people having no food, <laughs> but just only only drinking beer because it's like sort of it satisfies all all needs in terms of food, you know, and sustenance. Spanish beers, my my nemesis. I don't like. I've yet to find a Spanish beer that convinced me. I always think it tastes. It's got. It's, I can't describe it in words because I'm not a beer wine. I don't know how to do it all. You know, fucking overtones of dirty socks and strawberries, but mm. it, it's got a dirty taste to it, Spanish beer. Right. Um, and I've yet to find one that doesn't have it somewhere in it. And it's just weird. I just, I, I can't really take to Spanish beers at all. Yeah, that's fine. Um, what are you drinking Ooh, on that bum show? I've a good one. I've a good one. Um, and our love for Kevin Smith, I've got one from the Dogma Brewery. Oh, oh, is that a big hand? A big hand. Sm- is- oh, is it sm- Smash? Oh, wow. Cool. Yes. So, it's uh, smashed with dots in between as well. What does it mean? Does it? No idea. Does but it's from Serbia. It's from Belgrade. Oh, um, wow. And yeah, it tastes really nice. It's only like four percent, but it's very refreshing. It's it's got quite an aftertaste to it that really does linger um, in a nice way. Um, but not what is nice. it? Is it like a is it a pilsner or what? what? IPA. An IPA. Wow, dude, that's pretty. I'm, I'm impressed, man. Um, and that can, it's Look like at the a can. Big, the can's a good can. Look at that. That's a great can. To, just to describe it for anyone listening, it, it's like a Hulk cross with a thing hand almost. Yes. Like smashing down under it in big bold letters, it says smash. Yeah. Smash um, Galaxy, that, it's called. That That's quite an aggressive match. I'm. Wow, I'm fucking massive. I become um, baby face. I've got to try and prove my mildness elsewhere by drinking smash beers. Yeah, fr- from the fucking deepest, darkest parts of Europe as well. Or Serbia, uh, yeah. yeah. Ser- I've never done in Serbians done beer. What to do? It's, it's Eastern yeah. Europe. They, they pretty much Everywhere they both drink it and fuel their cars <laughs> with it. That's what they do with it. But you've put my, my first and birth to shame. So um, next week I'm going to get you. I think. I think next week I'm going to. I'm going to find. Some some amazing, wonderful beer, and I'm going to impress you. I'm saying I've got some very good ones lined up. That's all I'm saying. Challenge accepted, sir. I'm going to do you next week. That's it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Focus now on this. I'm, I'm going to get you. Nice so. one. Um, <laughs> what have you been watching at home this week? Oh, right. Um, so so at home um, this week, I've been I've been watching a show um, on Sky. History, perhaps. Um, I watch a lot of Sky History and stuff. Like that. I'm quite into my. It's not my father-in-law. That's all he watches. Yeah, as well. it's very interesting stuff on it. Um, but I've been watching a show called Blown Away, um, okay. which is like a reality show, and, and they take ten um, wannabe professional glass blowers, and each week they have to, you know, they're challenged to create something, you know, um, conceptual and thematic out of glass, and then one of them. As shite and they get kicked out and you know until there's there's one left to it's then. basically like bake off but for glass blowers. Yeah, yeah, pretty yes. much. And the one the winner gets a residency in some fancy art kind of place in, in America. Um okay. so, which I don't know anything about it. But um it's it's quite I've always kind of fancied glass blowing because you know when when you see it, you know, they've got the big fucking pipes and they're blowing mm. away and there's a big burning hot molten glass bubble and then rolling it around and shit like that and I've always been quite quite fascinated by it and thought you know that's something I would I'm 
like to turn my hand to that one day. Um, I'd probably burn my face off and then yeah. I'd fucking molten Terminator style. Um, but, but, you know, when, when you see it, it's like, you know, that's, that's really cool, man. It's a proper art form. Um, I always thought about so a good lighthouse keeper for no reason. And that's what I've always been would be a lighthouse keeper. I like that we both get two completely... Can be more opposite from what we do, but we've always been this sort of like it's not really what you be like football players, we don't want to be movie directors, don't want to be anything like that. You're thinking I want to be a glass floor, I'm thinking I want to be a lighthouse keeper, and that's that's kind of where we are with life. That's what we want to be. My, my, my dream job, um, even to this day, from when I was like a seven year old kid, was to be a librarian. Now that, that's my I, I would if I could be a librarian, I would die happy. I'd just be like, This is amazing. Just I'd like to work in a video store, but no one has a video store. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's thine yeah. art. Um, video stores. Although there is some video stores now, but it's very bespoke. You don't imagine yeah. they need any more than one person to, to run it. Um, no, so don't yeah, need my help. Um, so yeah, so blown away is, is to say, it's these people that they, they, they make wonderful things out of glass and they're judged and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> What really amused me, I think I mentioned this to you last week when I was chatting off, off mic about this, is um, so they've got all these kind of fancy terms for, you know, glass blowing stuff, you know, which I didn't realise. And they've got like these fancy ovens that, that they put the glass in to stop it from going too cold. Yep. So it's still malleable and they can still shape it and do their magic with it. Um, and, and this is called a glory hole. Which, which I never knew. So throughout this show, that there's constant references to putting stuff in glory holes, um, and and the ten year old boy and me just every single time it just puts. Do they see it completely face. straight face as well? Do they even do they acknowledge uh, that it's called? They, there is no acknowledgement. It is entirely straight faced. You know, um, I'm just I'm just going to put my face in the glory hole. <laughs> you know, without, without a hint of humour in there and it just cracks me up every time it's really 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 funny um, just for that aspect alone I would recommend watching the show just, just to hear people say the word glory hole completely straight faced over and over again yeah and the things are going to put in I think somebody made um, a glass hand and they were like yeah, I'm just going to put my hand in a glory hole that's my glory hole <laughs> Jesus just brilliant it's just um Comedy gold, um, right there. Um, they, they, they must, there must be, you know, an inside known wink within the industry, surely. Um, you know, there's got to be, but on on the show, is the curious hole called it the glass hole, couldn't it? The curious called it a glass hole. I don't know. That's just the glass hole shows your glass hole. <laughs> I mean, I mean, ultimately, it's still better than glory hole, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it, but then you get to wondering, you know, um. What came first, you know, the 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 class glory hole or the the I'm gonna say the other one. I'm gonna say the other one came first. I, I think I think it's been bastardized. I'm gonna say that the, the poor class doors have been robbed there, a perfectly innocent yeah. term. I reckon um, it was glory I'll, holes and the other term well before there was glass blowing. Do you think so? Oh, oh god, right. yes. I'm going. I'm going. Even nature tells me that there was absolutely them, you know, back in like the first <laughs> century. The first caveman, made, first thing he made a hole with caveman. The first thing he did was put his dick through it. You can guarantee that. <laughs> because we all I'm know, going. we all we, we all know how our minds work, and that is the first thing you would try and do. <laughs> There's a hole. What could I put in that hole? Aye, that's it. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. When I see anything. I want to do like it's okay. Yes, Sizing it? it up instantly. Like, okay, can right. I eat it? Can I fuck it? <laughs> Will it eat me? Will it fuck me? Those are the four things you're minding when you see anything, you know. <laughs> 
I'm going to I'll, I'll do some um, some serious <coughs> research on this yeah. subject and we'll, we'll carry on. Um, you won't do it on your work computers. Don't Google glory holes in your work. Your oh, work my work computer's filling on since the mm. amount of times I get flagged for inappropriate is, is and just a single day alone is, is quite shockingly horrendous. Um, okay. I mean, funny, funny story about that actually. Um, I was in work a couple of weeks ago and I was just chatting in teams to, to one of my, my fellow workmates and we came up to the conversation of, of you know, celebrities. And I'd mentioned that I've got a boner for Bjork and also a weird kind of crush on Hilary Swank. Um, the word boner, of course, flagged up and said inappropriate content. Um, you know, and it, it, I was very androgynous selections by you, actually. Yeah, it is. So it was like, no, you, you can't send that. So I was like, okay. And then two weeks later, I was on the phone with one of the security guys and he just started laughing. I was like, why isn't he? He's like, Bjork, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm not sitting there looking at that now. That's, that's, that upsets me a little bit. Um, I, I was like, fuck off. He's like, yeah, we see everything. So yeah, everything I ever do is um is, is getting monitored and, and I'm using people, which I'm quite quite happy about. You know, somebody got a giggle out of it. So that I, was, thought it was an, I thought it was an algorithm was watching that. I'm now upset that it's fucking big Dave down in security who's watching this shit. That's uh, no, not a, no, no, Rygate security, not oh, Rygate security, right? Way, okay. way above, way above his level, man. We're okay, fair enough. Proper security. So yeah, um, they are watching you. Yeah, <laughs> watching. Definitely, watch, I know a fan <laughs> of watching me. They, they do look at, at what you do. Um, I think that they're kind of a bit more lenient with us because we're IT and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it, it quite delighted and taunt me about my, my love of Bjork. So and that was quite quite funny, quite amusing. Certainly <laughs> no choice for you. Anything else um, you watch other than... The- yes, um, and I've started watching. I'm, I'm, only, I'm going to watch, after we finish pod, and I'm going to watch the, the next episode. But um, season two of Resident Alien has dropped. Yep. Um, on Sky. Um, and I've watched... The first episode last week, and yeah, just kind of clicked and, and, and caught me. It was. What's it the just, point in this show? What's the premise of this show again? Sorry. The premise of this though is Alan Tudyk um, is an alien who's crash landed in Earth. Um, his mission ultimately was to blow the Earth up, um, but his ship gets damaged, and he has to disguise himself as a human and try and integrate with with a small kind of Northern American <coughs> town and try and kind of be normal. Which of course Alan Tudyk tried to be normal, pretending he's an alien is. Fucking batshit crazy. Um, so it's really, really funny. Um, Tudyk, he makes the show. It's his vehicle. You know, he's, he's got that face that just mm. is remarkably funny anyway. Um, his delivery of, you know, some of his lines and stuff like that is absolutely fantastic. And it's, it's, it's really refreshing. It's a genuine... You get shows that are comedies and you watch them and you don't, you know, you kind of chuckle now and again or you're laughing inside, but, you know, this one has given me and Lorraine, you know, lots and lots of genuine... Like Billy laugh out loud moment. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's really, really funny. And Our Man Tudyk is just absolutely fantastic. And it, it awesome. just... It, Every every scene he's in, you just waiting to see what crazy shit he comes out with. Um, so it's really good. You've not watched it. You're the first. No, season, I haven't. Have I am a fan of um, Alec Tudyk, so I will. Oh, I know, yes, sir. I know. So you need to get to that. Um, you, sh- you should watch it. It's really worth watching. The second season is shaping up to quite good fun as well. We watched the first one. It's super horrible. Is it getting dropped weekly, or is it all there already? Um, it's getting dropped weekly. So the first season, that's that. That's all yeah. there for you. Um, but yeah, the second one is episodic, which I quite enjoy because I'm not doing it against it, but I might, uh, yeah. yeah. So my, my first day night is, you know, we'll do this and I'm all chilled and relaxed and happy and then I'm over to that, you know, before I go to bed. So it's like a nice, you know, it's, it's that I look forward to my first days because of that. Um, and the last thing that I've watched, um, that's not a movie that we'll cover in a minute, um, was um, I've told you before about The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes. 
So we're on I do keep meaning to watch this. It looks like it's absolutely my wheelhouse to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's us on to season four now, um, and that just dropped last week. So I think we've got two or three to go at the moment. So we watched the first one again, and yeah, this this, this show's got it, man. It's just like really, really sharp, funny, witty dialogue. Um, do you know what I mean? Like kind of real life. You know, living characters that you you, you know you, you kind of believe and stuff like that. The premise of this is that she's like a housewife in nineteen fifties America, so she's become a comic essentially, which is yeah, she's a stand-up comedian, yeah, which yeah, is obviously yeah. against all gender roles and types of what people are expecting uh, of someone to do in that time. And uh, place. Absolutely, yeah. and that causes chaos within chaos, the yeah. family life, and and you know, kind of men around about and stuff like that. But what I really like about it is it brings in real kind of historical. Um, events and characters as well. Um, you know, so like Lenny Bruce is in quite a, quite a few episodes actually, but he comes right. up as like kind of her mentor and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? So it references, you know, real people and stuff like that. Um, the guy I've got playing Lenny Bruce does a really good job as well. I'm a huge fan of Lenny Bruce, um, mm. and it's nice to see his kind of, you know, yeah. life getting put on the screen as well. But really worth a watch. Said that the writing is, is is really really sharp. I think the last season. Probably dipped a wee bit, um, but I really enjoyed this one. Lorraine, maybe not so much as me, but I think it's kind of found its its pacing again, and it's just back to. She's not really broke. I was look because I know the actress Rachel Bros. Nan, Mm. I think her name is. Yeah, she's not really broke out from it yet. She's all very much sort of like she's not really a breakout movie role yet. Like sort of to Mm. sort of to to capitalize on this. I think. she will though, because she, well, you know, she, she she's very very pretty. She's a good actress. She's got a lot of sass about her and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Do you know what I mean? So I think she, I think probably this takes up a lot of time, possibly. Possibly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me look through. Oh, she's in Manhattan. I really like the Manhattan film, the TV show. It's like all about the making the Manhattan bomb. Um, oh. sort of behind the scenes of that. Um, I really like that actually. But um, I only I've seen a movie wise. I saw a movie called I'm Your Woman, which is like sort of a gangster mob movie. Um. She's forced to go on a run after like her husband sort of turns um evidence against the mob. Informant, she, yeah. she grabs the kids and has to run and sort of hide it out. It's all right. It's, she was the best thing in it by, by yeah, far. Yeah, she, she would be suited to that kind of role. She she seems to be perfectly moulded to the kind of fifties, you know, feminine uh, ideal almost. Yeah. You know, or her kind of demeanour seems to suit that 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 era and stuff like that. So I think anything like that should be. Amazing for, but yeah, it really is it's something you would enjoy a lot. I think I would. Yeah, I'm going to try and get to it at some point. Um, yeah. before you go into your movie you've watched, I'll mention one thing I've watched in TV wise, and that is Netflix. It's in um, the TV show Space Force. Oh, is that the one with Steve Carell? Steve Carell and who else in it? Um, John Malkovich. Um, mm. it's all about basically America's fifth branch of the army it's like sort of um, the, the space force like sort of like they're the sort of at first they're there for science but then they sort of taken over the military and it's them trying to exist within that world and try to prove they belong it's kind of basically a workplace comedy because it's always sort of like these they're all kind yeah. of very disparate beings in it and they're all trying to figure out their own their own shit while at the same time trying to make this thing work and um, it's the second season it remembered the second season to that it was a comedy and to be funny, which was something sorely missing from season one, when it really, for the most part of it, completely forgot that it was a comedy. <coughs> so season two, I enjoyed a lot more. It's Season one, it had some nice moments in it, and I did quite like it, mm. but it definitely had, had, I wouldn't say no comedy, but it definitely left the comedy as secondary as opposed to, you know. Fine. I, I remember when it first came out, it was a big kind of, 
quite a lot of hype about it. I remember yeah. reading reviews and pretty much what you were saying is, is what the reviews were saying is this show, it, it's not funny. Yeah. So maybe they've taken that on board and thought... Clearly they have, yeah. They've, yeah. they've definitely, they've not quite retooled it, but they've sort of refocused, I would say, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they have made it more of a, a, a proper like comedy. Is and it sort of, set in the future? Is it no, a... it's set roughly now, to be honest. It's set yeah. kind of now. right. Okay. Um, yeah. It's kind of done in that great American tradition of the first season being shit and then coming better. You know, to think like even like the American Office, first season wasn't very good. Parts and Rec wasn't very good. Friends season one wasn't too bad. But there's a lot of like sort of that type of comedy where... The first season is very average. They're not the sort of fact. I mean, the first yeah, season yeah. of Seinfeld isn't very good. The first season of Frasier isn't very good. They're trying yeah. to find their feet on you know what they're doing. Yeah, it usually can take a few seasons yeah. sometimes to, to really yeah. And only sometimes you it's allowed that time to do it because if the yeah. ratings drop enough, then they're not going to give you that second season, you know, to try and you know to try and do something with it. So the ones who do get that second chance are um are, are you know lucky, you know, because I guess that's Big names, but you know, you don't want to be <coughs> the big name will carry a little bit further. Mal- Malkovich, yeah, and Karel, yeah, 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 yeah. Is there anyone else of note in it? I, I can't remember the names. Well, lately, the Kudros got kind of almost like um, she pops in as like a guest appearance all the time. You've got mm. uh, Tim Meadows from um, Mean Girls, he pops in it, he, yeah. uh, and it, um, they've got, a, they've got like another branch of the military who are like sort of the, the heads of the military who are all really proper comedy actors. Like, you've got like Terry Crews in it, you've got Jane Lynch, you know that. So they have like one scene yeah. per season, but all obviously the five of them absolutely nail it together. Yeah, and um, come in and do, do the girl talk, from yeah. Booksmart, the one she hooks up with in Booksmart. The I've not, I've never ever seen, that. seen Booksmart. Yeah, oh. never got into it. I'm afraid. I know, oh, I know you loved. I know you adored it. Great movie. I know. Um, she's in it as well. So there's enough people you can go. Oh, I know who that guy is. The guy from um, the guy who plays Sonic the Hedgehog's voice. Um, he's also oh, in. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember his name, Ben, I think it's Ben something, Ben Mara or something. He's, he's in um, yeah, yeah. Parks and Rec as well, and he's in the after party that me and Jill are watching us now. He's, he plays a role in it as well. So there's, there's enough decent... There's quite a, quite a big cast. Matt Oswald's in it this year something. as well, so it's a good, yeah. it's a good solid they're cast. Kind of drawn in, like, like kind of respected comedians and whatnot. Well, <laughs> Absolutely. <really good. coughs> second season, much, much funnier. Much, much funnier. And Is it something enjoyed. you could drop in on the second season or do you need the first season as a precursor to the second? I think you could probably get away with just uh, the recap. Drop it. I just drop in and, and go with me. I enjoyed it at some point, yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, so what movie you watched? Or... What was the movie you watched? Do you want to tell me about? Oh, okay. So, so this is a movie that... that... I, I should have seen, and th- there's no reason why I've not seen it all, and I've just, you know, I've, I've never got around to it. Um, so Lorraine, uh, it was her choice this week, and okay. she decided we were going to watch LA Confidential. You didn't watch LA Confidential? Exactly, I knew that would be your reaction. I was, dis- I I was discussing LA Confidential like, last week with Stu, and I said, no one involved in LA Confidential has done anything better since. Oh, we'll get to that in a wee second, actually. Okay. That's quite an interesting uh, statement to me. But yeah, I've, I've never seen it. And I, I mean, I know how you much love and praise of... Yeah, yeah, I mean, this movie was big back in the day. And even now, it's it's, it's a classic. Isn't it? Oh, 100% classic. classic. Yeah. Absolutely Stonewall classic. Yeah, so, so yeah, I hadn't seen it. And Lorraine was like, do you mind if we watch this? And I was like, okay, let's go for it. You know, I've been meaning to watch it. And yeah, I'm glad I did. What a hell of a film. I can see why... There's so much fuss about it. Uh-huh. Um, the three, the three leads. Um, I mean, I mean, Guy, Guy Pierce, um, Kevin Spacey, and Russell Crowe. Three big, big names that can all properly act. Uh-huh. To see them going head to head, um, you know that that's a, a delight on its own. Um, uh, controversially, um, I think Spacey kind of really shone 
and 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 oh, no, above, no, no, there's never been a doubt that Spacey is a great actor. There's never any yeah. doubt in that. Yeah. Um, obviously, the other stuff around Spacey is what's you know the the ickiness oh, factor of him. In that, it was well, he's phenomenal. Uh, he's phenomenal. Uh, Crow's phenomenal. Pierce is phenomenal. Yeah, everyone. James Cromwell. I didn't like him. No, seriously, um, you want an Oscar? I'm, I'm not. I know, which I was dead surprised. I'm not a huge fan of Kim Basinger. I've never really bought into the whole kind of Kim Basinger fanboy stuff. I'm, I've never been overly impressed by her, and I don't know. I, just, I didn't feel, didn't feel it in this at all. I don't. So I was quite surprised when I was reading. I was reading it up. And it was like a Basinger won the, the Oscar, and I was like, that's um, quite, quite surprising. But um, yeah, obviously, <laughs> you know, something I'm missing or just didn't click with me personally because you don't win an Oscar for you know. No reason at all, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, ju- just even the story as well. But you know the way it just unfolds and unfolds, you know, and gets to that end. But and it's one of those ones that the pieces are still dropping after you've seen it. You know, you, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's like oh yeah, that but now that makes sense. You know, and this is like an hour later, mm. you're still thinking about it, and it's all just kind of falling into place. But um, oh what a, a, a great, great film. Um, Russell Crowe as well. I mean, that's oh. off him when when he plays imposing and he does it so well. Russell Crowe. Um, he he's, really a big does... he's, he's, he's a big one. I think he's a big. This was like this was a Rus- this was a Baker Russell Crowe because like, I think this is his first American film. Right. He done he done Romper Stomper. Mm-hmm. That was an Australian movie, and this is sort of his big break in America. The early competition from that he done Gladiator. Yeah, and that probably put him into the absolute like you know stratosphere. stratosphere. Yeah. Um, but this was yeah. sort of his. This, this was definitely his first um, uh, American major American role, and he absolutely nails it. So this guy Pierce is phenomenal in it as well. I think. Yeah, so it, it's just good the character arcs, the way you just see them all, you know, completely changing, you know. During the movie, it's so yeah. so well done. Do you know what I mean? Because at the start, you know, with Guy Pierce, you're like, I, I hate this character, he's a dick. And by the end, you know, you're you're rooting for, for him, do you know what uh-huh. I mean? And it's just every character just, you know, has this total, you know, what, what arc and their characters kind of change and move. And a great, great film. Um, I'm really glad I've seen it now. Um, and it's definitely one I should have. You know, seen oh, phenomenal movie. years and years ago. It's, it's shocking that it's taken me this long. Yeah. Um, and yeah, totally blew me away. So magnificent really work from the late great Curtis Hansen in the directing role. Um who's mm. probably like the definition of a guy who could direct fucking anything. Like you he directed Ellie Compton, but also done stuff like The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, which is very different. Yeah. Then yeah. done the River Wild, which is different as well. Wonder Boys, um, and then Eight Mile. Yeah, I, yeah, totally. And Which again, like... up, up with in her shoes, and then chasing Mavericks. You know, the guy, like one of the guys who could like, he's a he's a director. He can do anything. He can make a five star yeah. film in any any genre. Yeah, I was going to say about Eight Mile. That, that, that was a surprise. I remember when Eight Mile came out, and I was like, M and M. I've no interest in watching a film about M and M. Then I watched it, and I was like, fuck me, that's a good. Because Eight Mile is basically Rocky with rap. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And just here, the director obviously is what makes the difference as well. Do you oh, know you can, give you that project to somebody else. Story, you can elevate a story. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, you know, that, that that just shows how talented he was. You know what I mean? Is to, to capture somebody like me with zero interest in watching a white boy rapper movie to, to yeah. being absolutely absorbed by it. So, yeah. I'm very glad you watched Ellie Hunt. I'm I'm stunned you hadn't watched Ellie Confidential before now. Absolutely, I, I knew your reaction was going to be exactly that. Like, what do you mean you've not seen Ellie Confidential? <laughs> so yeah, I've seen it now, and what a brilliant film! I'd quite like to read. Uh, was it um, Elroy James Elroy in the book? I would. Elroy like Lemmer. Elroy Lemmer. Ah, 
I'd like to, yeah. yeah, I think it is. I think I'd like to read the book as well because I think there's a lot in the book. Obviously, there always is, but I think there's mm. a lot of character kind of stuff that they can't fit into a you know two and a half hour movie. Um, so I think the book I think at one point they tried to do a TV stuff. show based on it as well. That never really got yeah. off the ground at one point. Um, yeah, it's just a certain film you feel if, if people discuss movies and people you are a self-confessed film fan that you used to assume they've seen. So you assume that somebody's yeah. seen Ellie Confidential. Like yeah. if, if you told me you hadn't seen Alien. I'd be just as shocked. Yeah, you'd be like, I, you're right, like, you're always <laughs> Alien, Star Wars, there, there's beats that, you know, like, yeah, if you're a movie fan... You, you should have seen these films. Yeah, and this is definitely one of them. And let's say, it's absolutely shocking that it's taken me this long to... The point to is, it's, it. that's, a, that's a joy of, like, you know, home cinema, is that it's always there. You can, you don't have to discover it. You don't have to discover a film when it first comes out. You can discover a film at any point. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if you discover it 15 years after it was out or 20 years after it was out, as long as you, as long as you find that time to watch and enjoy it, then it's, it's there's a purpose to it. And it holds up ridiculously well. So I guess because it's a, a period a, piece. A, a, yeah, you know, it it's kind of fits in whenever you're watching it. So, yeah, uh-huh. it, it holds up beautifully. So, there's a brilliant, brilliant film. Just so, so well done. Excellent. Oh, very happy you watched that. Well done yeah, to you. Thank you. Um, right, so, over to you. This is now the Richard Show. Judy's done his part. It's over to you. <laughs> We've only got... <laughs> Two films to talk about this week. Um, Two cinematic releases. Um, the first one up is The Duke, which is directed by Roger Michel, who directed things like Notting Hill, Changing Lanes, um, High Park on Hudson, Morning Glory, and Venus, which I very much enjoyed. Um, very good director. Unfortunately, passed away on the 22nd of September 2021. So this was, oh. his, this was his final film. This has been sort of sitting in, I think it obviously got made before his death, obviously. And mm. then it's been sitting just getting waiting to get released at the, the you know, opportune time. Um, did, they, did they complete it before he passed yeah. away? Or? <laughs> he did complete it, yeah. I think, obviously, we'll get to that in a minute, but it's a kind of film that relies on a certain type of audience, and that type of audience would, would not come out during a pandemic to watch a movie. So mm. I think it probably sat on the shelf until they felt it was like a, the right time to, you know, to put it out. So um, okay. this is his, his, his final work. So what this film is, there's a, a guy, sort of, man of great ideals. You know, he, he believes in the, the rights of man. He believes in, you know, not letting a working man down, you know, you know, been work, you know, and pushed all around. That does mean he can't really hold a job at any point in life, and he's sort of he's constantly at war with himself and with his wife and all sorts. Um, but his big push is he wants to try and get um, free TV license for the, the old the old folks. It's not fair that they should have to pay for TV licenses. In order to do this, he hatches a plan, very much on the fly, to steal a painting of the Duke of Wellington done by. Gaudi, possibly, I can't remember who done it. Anyway, Hugo Wellington's portrait from the National Gallery because he's pissed off. They've spent 20 million to buy this when you know how much better would that money go elsewhere. Yeah, elsewhere. So, steal the patent. Very much socialist ideals. Socialist so, ideals, very, very much, much so, yes. Yeah, yeah. He steals the patent and then goes about trying to basically ransom it back to the British government in order to, in order to gain the money and, and, and to do that. And that's and that's the sort of basic premise of the film, obviously. Now, now just to give uh, from what what I know about it, this is a true story. True story, yeah, very much a true story. Yeah. Um, so this this wasn't you know Hollywood writing something. This no, is like it's, this it's, shit, it's this too it's kind, of, it's kind of too mad to not be a true story, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah and this was in the what sixties, fifties. I want to say seventies, possibly seventies, maybe very late sixties, early seventies, something like that. But then this is in the last 40, 50 years. This happened. Yeah. This is that, that's insane, man. When you give that, you know, when you think about that, you know, somebody stealing a twenty million fucking pounds painting is insane. Yeah. I'm trying to get an idea where it was said. Hmm. Nineteen sixty-one. 
Wow. Yeah. Was six, 60 years ago, dude. 60 that's years ago. like, you know, freaking and it, was, it was Goyas Payton, so I'm very proud. I remember, Goyas. Goyas. I'm very proud of that. I remember that. Anyway, <laughs> so Jim Broadbent's in the lead role. He plays a wonderfully named Kempton Bunton, who was the name of the guy. Um, Helen Mirren plays his wife. Um, Fionn Whitehead plays his uh, son. Matthew Good pops up in it as well, as does John Heflin and Anna Maxwell Martin. So this is, you've seen the trailer for it. It is, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. what he's. It's what you expect from the trailer. It's a very, very British bank holiday film. You know, yeah. it's, it's very warm, very, very charming, very sweet. Um, in no way unsurprising in what it does, but it's very warm. You, you root for but people. It does, who, it, 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 does does what it does well. Yeah. You root for who yeah. you should root for. You find the leads who are, who are sort of the guys trying to make the, the, the very, you know, the, 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 the roots of government looks foolish and silly, which we're all what we're all about. Um, so very, very, very nice in that respect. Bryn, Jim Broadbent, he's Jim Broadbent. He's always very he's, warm. He's, he's, always he's, very wonderful. He's, he's becoming a bit of an institution, isn't he? So Absolutely. He's, yeah. he's, do you remember that? What was the the Santa film? You remember when he goes to prison and stuff like that, and he plays Santa Claus? Remember? Get Santa or something it's called? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. And, and it's ridiculous. You know what I mean, but he elevated that to to. Heights that yeah. it should never have achieved, and it's simply man. because he was Jim Broadbent. Do you know what I mean? It was like, wow, he just took the most ridiculous idea and made it into a feasible film, you know, that, that critically done well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He's nice. a man who's done the hard draft at a younger age and as a middle aged mm. man, won his Oscar, and now he's just sort of enjoying life and doing films that he sort of enjoys doing and bringing sort of a joy to them all. Yeah, you know, um, so he's wonderful in it. Helen Mirren brings a lot of emotion in, into it. Um, she's basically a, a long-suffering wife. You know, she, she loves her do husband. Still, do you still have, is it Judy or Helen you have a crush on? Or no one has a thing for Judy fucking... You, Judy you, you insinuate I have a thing for... Um... Vin Diesel has a crush on Judy Dench. That's why I put her in Riddick. I mean, well done to you, Vin Diesel, but I, I think if we're putting them <laughs> side by side and you're putting Judy Dench or Helen Mirren, you're absolutely going for Miss Mirren. She is a wonder of nature. <laughs> <laughs> And by all accounts, oh. Helen Mirren is a has done some insane things in life. You know the way that yeah. the, an interview of I think it's her and Liam Neeson. She taught Liam Neeson how to drive. One of his first films was Helen Mirren was in the film. It was like um, so she taught him how to drive. But you they, they have a look of each other of I think Liam Neeson has been pumped by Helen Mirren. You know, genuinely <laughs> like, and I do mean it. She has taken him. It's not. It's not. A, <laughs> and we all know about Liam Neeson. I I don't think Big Liam had any choice in this matter. I think Helen <laughs> wanted something and she got it. Um, anyway, oh, dude, film, I think you've been really harsh on Judy, man. No, dude, Judy. Then I'm sure enough. Back in the day, she was a looker, man. Absolute yeah. looker. But the point is, Helen Mirren is still a looker. Um, so Helen Mirren brings up. She is basically she plays the long suffering wife in this, and unfortunately, she deserves better because. Helen Mirren is a wonderful actress um, and has been a wonderful actress for the last, you know, 50 odd years. And she, she has said, some, some of her roles of late have been a bit off, like the kind of Fast and Furious stuff and things like that as well. I, get, I, see, I get that. Uh, I think she's doing that purely for fun. And I totally get mm. that. And that's, she's just doing it. It's like she, she wants, to, I think she enjoys the madness of her being in a Fast and Furious film, which I totally get. Yeah. It's more the roles like this, and you go, this is an underwritten role for someone of your prowess. You know, you really should be given a lot more to do in a film like this. And that's a bit of a shame that she's sort of, very much. If you look at the poster, you imagine it's a two-hander. You know, it's yeah. and it, but it's very much not. She's very much relegated to, you know, to second fiddle. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. um, in fact, the son probably has more screen time than she does in in, in sort mm. of real terms. Because in, in the film, she's suffering. The, the family are all basically sort of a PTSD from the death of the daughter. This happened many years before, so the, the father just can't. He's obviously his ideals of what he wants to do to change the world. 
and she's just basically cleaning everything just to talk. That's that's her that's her that's her way of dealing with stuff, you know, and, and not yeah, and more importantly, yeah, yeah. not talking about the daughter. That's the main thing. Yeah. So there, there's something to be said there for about you know the relationship between husband and wife. You know, when some yeah. tragedy like that comes between them, you know, and they could have maybe done something like that. But I think that would have taken away from the light tone of this film, yeah. which obviously yeah. the tone they were going for. That was the tone they were aiming at. But um, it's weird though because given that subject matter, <coughs> you get something like that and say to you know Helen make a character with that subject matter, she would she could yeah absolutely could. And they absolutely she could have made more of that. that yeah. Yeah, but they, 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 they try and keep it very light throughout. They don't really try and delve mm. into that too much. Mm. There's also some big questions regarding the idea between, you know, money for the arts and money for entertainment as opposed to, you know, feeding and clothing your populace. Mm. You know, mm. I'm not, mm. I don't think any of them deny that the art and literature and all that kind of stuff is very important. But yeah. when you see them spending, you know, 50 million pounds on a picture, mm. and then we all, we all walk through Glasgow and we see people. Begging. On the streets, begging yeah. you go. Yeah. Could we not put that money somewhere else? If you know it's stuff like you know when we see them bow on like a new royal yacht, and there's folks mm. starving in food banks, you go. It does raise quite like societal questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. where should the people's money be spent? Is is, is a culture is exceptionally important, and I will never, I wouldn't ever want to come in the way of that. But mm. we should be looking after our people as well. So it, it, again, it could raise bigger issues with that, and it doesn't really delve in. It's it's there, but it's not overtly saying it's not delving. Yeah, it's there to entertain. It's not a you know. It's, it's not. Try, I guess it's making a statement, but it's not. You know, it, it's not fucking heavy handed about. No, it. it's not heavy handed, and it's it's very much aimed at the at the bank holiday movie audience. It will look it will look lovely on a, on a Boxing Day at the, the cinema when you see it. Will be full of like just the old dears loving. You know how. Charming all this. smell of pish. Essentially, yeah. You can you can hear the clacking of knitting needles <laughs> as it goes. Can't believe I said that. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. But for a film, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I very much enjoyed it. Everyone in it's very charming. Everyone in it's very lovable. Um, it's a nice send off for Roger Mitchell, who who's sort of done lovely work in the past. Um, which is that some of his movies up, which he, a lot of times there's very simple movies, but with a real lot of heart in them. You know, a real kind of soul yeah. to them. And this is very much in that. It, it's lovely. It's charming full of heart and it's like 93 minutes long yes yeah, so, it doesn't, <coughs> so doesn't drag yeah but drag, more just, insanely is it's it's based in a true that this true shit story. Ha- happened that, that that to me that is just bonkers you know like yeah some some pensioner basically stole a 20 million pound work of art and got away but, with that but what's amazing is how he steals it it's 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 genuinely funny as hell how he steals it Wow, it's, I'll, it's, I'll tell you. I'll tell you off, Mike, how, how it happens. And yeah, because I, I want funny. to read about this now. Yeah. It, 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 we always kind of say this, but I think any film makes you want to when you finish going to Wikipedia <laughs> or wherever you, you get your information from. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just you know you're, it makes you want to learn and absorb, and that's that, that, that's masterful to be able to do that as well. With a film, do you know what I mean? Yeah, very much yeah. so. So I would give it a very very solid six and a half out of ten. Oh, I thought you were going to. Oh, I thought you were going to go a wee bit higher than that. Um, okay, six and a half. You could probably push to seven, but I, I, I very much enjoyed it. and It's very lovely. Yeah, cool. I, I do want to see it. Um, I've seen the trailer, and the trailer makes me smile. Every time I see the trailer, I, I feel warm and fuzzy. So even the trailer gives you those vibes that that you're talking about. So yeah, yeah. What you expect the film to be from the trailer is exactly what the film is, and that's not a bad yeah. thing in this in respect. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So six and a half out of ten. Next film of the week, <coughs> sorry, I'm coughing like nothing else today, mm-hmm. is a, the newest telling of Steve Martin's Roxanne, and that is a film called Cyrano, uh, directed by Joe Wright, um, who's done such you know 
steam work as the darkest hour um, mm-hmm. the, the Churchill film he's done Pan the one with Hugh Jackman I don't know if you remember that Pan film the weird one with a Nirvana song in it yes yes yeah, that one um, Come As You Are was it he started to sing yeah. um, which was fucking bizarre very bizarre um, he's also done Anna Karenina um, Women in the Window and Atonement as well so he's, he's a man of man likes to do a classy picture you know, yeah, he's definitely likes his periods as well, doesn't yes. he? He's, he's very much you know focused on you know period pieces, period pieces and classics yeah. in many ways. You know, they're all sort of yeah. you know classic yeah, stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, plot of this film, it's Cyrano. It's based on Cyrano de Bergerac, who was a man who was a sort of a playwright and sort of like he lived in the sort of French high society, French high society, wasn't it? I um, he, so, yeah. he loves a woman, but he has one sort of physical defect. Um, and yeah. Roxanne, it was the fact that he was had a big, large nose. I think that's a that's a traditional story. He's got a massive nose. Yeah, Dupreux's version. He had the big, big snout as well. Yeah. yeah, but in this yeah. one, it's um, he's played by Peter Dinklage, so it's the idea that he's a he's a dwarf. So that's it. So he's, he's dwarf, sort of yeah. small, small of stature. Um, so he oh, he doesn't ever think this woman would ever love him because of who he is. He's become he is friends with the woman, um, and she tells him that she she loves this man in his regiment. Um, who's an old soldier, and through Cyrano's words, he basically makes the he woos her, yeah. he her yeah. through the other gentleman. So they start to fall in love based on that. Um, so he gets to sort of profess his love to Roxanne without actually having to say it, because to say it would he thinks lead to rejection Re- and, and ridiculous, heartache. Uh, yes, ridiculous but it's, it's, it's a very it's a very touching love story generally. You know, yeah, the idea of just, like unrequited love. You know, this yeah. a, a love you can't have, and that's. The very classic story that it's in it, um, and mm-hmm. it, it does, from what I've read, very rough bits. It sticks quite true to the general original story. It doesn't really deviate much from that. This is this is generally what the sort of the text was originally, and mm-hmm. they sort of do sort of do keep that going. The only difference this one this has got some singing in it, which I know was a big thing for yourself. Yeah, um, so there's some singing in it as well. So there's some singing songs in it as well. Does they um, could sing? Does, <laughs> we'll get to the second. Oh, so, okay. We have Peter Dinklage in it. Um, he plays um, Cyrano. You get Haley Bennett. She plays um, Roxanne. You get Kevin Kelvin Harris Jr. He plays the sort of the other love interest, the the one yeah. that think was working through the, da- the dashing soldier. The dashing soldier and Ben Mendelsohn plays sort of the he is he has ideas on Roxanne as well. Let's just put it that way, in a very okay. Ben Mendelsohn way, as we all know Ben <laughs> when it comes to his comes to his roles. Um, <laughs> I, the trail for me didn't convince me, much like yourself, um, but I saw the singing in it, that really did put me off because I had real nightmares about the idea of it being a Le Miserable style singing, you know, where it's just singing constantly. Yeah. And what I would say is it's not that. There's, there's key moments when it sings and it actually does drive the plot, which actually works really well. Um, okay. None of the songs really stood out to me at the point of singing them still. You know, it's not like, you know, Hamilton or Moana. Or, yeah, it's not uh, show tunes. Yeah, yeah. No. But it, they do work to drive the story, and they do. Yeah. They don't feel out of place in the world it's in, which I think <coughs> is important. You know, it, it does work. So I was very grateful that it wasn't quite as singy and all dancing as I expected. Um, Dinklage genuinely is fantastic in it. Like, I think we forget he is a because he was in Game of Thrones for a long time, stuff like that. He is a wonderful actor. He is a he's a fantastic. I have, so I, so I was musing on. Because I, I knew you'd seen this, and I was musing on Dinklage before we, we kind of started talking and stuff like that. Um, prior to Game of Thrones, though, all I know Dinklage from, and I don't think I knew who he even was, is probably Elf. No, That's there's a film my, before my that. only because... exposure to him other than Game of Thrones. I would urge you to find a film called The Station Agent. 
right. which was a, a sort of indie film that he was in, and he is genuinely brilliant in it. It's a one, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic movie about a guy who sort of wants to be left alone in the world, and it's these people try to bring him out of his shell. It's mm-hmm. a really beautifully, such a touching, very much in that indie Miramax vibe, you know, that kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. you know Fox Searchlight kind of feeling. Yeah. It's a it's a yeah. cracking film. You can find it somewhere. Absolutely look for it. It's called The Station yeah. Agent. That's yeah. that's what I yeah. thought. You've been a great actor. Yeah. See, I, I, as I say, I'd, I'd seen him in Elf, um, and, and obviously Game of Thrones, and it was Game of Thrones that we realised that so gave gave a name to the, the character in Elf, I guess. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, obviously Game of Thrones has done wonders for his career. Yeah. Since then, he's um, all in Pixels, which was about a blip. Yeah. Um, but you know we'll forgive that because it's got Pac-Man on it, so that's okay. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd never really kind of known who he was until until Game of Thrones. Um, so I maybe have to go retrospective and kind of go back the way on his career and see see what it was all about beforehand. Definitely, Station Agent. Um, there's one I've done recently. I think it's on Amazon called I Care a Lot. Um, it's got Rosanna Roseman Pike in it. He plays a baddie in that. He's absolutely sadistic as fuck. Um, yeah. he, um. Again, he is a he's an actor who doesn't play roles that his size would indicate, which I think is yeah, obviously a really important is, part. Yeah, it's quite refreshing. Yeah, you know, it, it's not, you know, it's not kind okay, of I'm going to play the time bandits or an Ewok. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. No, no offense to people playing that kind of role. I know there's but controversy just now over the, the the kind of new Snow White movie where you yeah. Know, Dwarfs are saying what, what he's doing, you know, doing so fucking stupid. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, I kind of get there is, you know, Dinklage is critical and stuff like that as well. Um, so I, I don't kind of mean that in any negative way, but you know, you, you're right. Do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't play roles that mean you have to be a dwarf, um, no, which is refreshing, definitely. Yeah. You know, he's an actor, he's, he's not a fucking dwarf. You know, he's, no, he's, he's, he's more than a gimmick, he's not a gimmick, yeah, he's an actor. yeah. Um, which is yeah. important, and that's important. This film, and same with the station, I'll, I'll mention it again. It's directed by Tom McCarthy, um, mm. and also it's got Patricia Clarkson in it and our favourite Bobby Cannavale. Oh, d- d- okay, sold, sold. sold. Look for it. Genuinely wonderful movie, and I can't explain. I can't until you watch it. It's hard to explain why much I love. When you see why you, you see you watch it, you'll probably see why I enjoyed it so much. What it what it does. But yeah, cool. very good film. And then this film, again, we've been very used to Dinklage in Game of Thrones, where he's playing sort of the big TV hero. And mm. it's sort of it's it feels otherworldly in many ways, which it is yeah. obviously. Yeah. But you forget he's a great actor. He's a great theatre actor, and this and that's what he's doing in this. He's playing the role, and he, and he there's some really and really sort of emotional scenes in this when he's sort of confronting um, the the other, the other love interest, and indeed talking with Haley Bennett. And times when he's trying to, you see a little bit in the trailer when he's trying to, he thinks that she's talking about him. Mm. And you see the you see this joy in his face, and he suddenly it's a realization that it's not, and you see him sort of just crumble, and it's yeah. it's so heartbreaking to watch. And there's a couple of other scenes like that when it's very much like that, but you see him just struggling with this inner turmoil, and oh, he's genuinely did fantastic it, in it. So did it bring a lump to your throat? Yes. Genuinely, a couple of scenes where I did feel a little bit emotional. It's genuinely it worked yeah. really well in that respect. Yeah. Um, and <coughs> the detriment of that is when he's not on screen, which he is on screen, maybe say ninety five percent of the time. Mm-hmm. When he's not on screen, you're missing him. Like you want him back, back on you. Yeah, you know yeah. that he's such, he's such a presence on screen and in the film that when he's not there, it, you really do sort of kind of lose a little bit of you know interest a little bit of the time. Um, well, mm-hmm. Mendelssohn very underused, um, and he's not particularly great in the role. I don't know if that's so much the writing of the role or what they want him to do, but he feels out of place. 
and it's a real shame. Oh, which is weird because Mendelssohn could—he he pretty much can. He's one of those actors that can turn his hand to to any role, good, bad. Do you know what I mean? He, he kind of—he's he's an old chameleon actor, Mendelssohn. It almost feels like he's done this type of role before, and he's a bit bored of it. Wants to do something else, and he wants to try oh. and bring something else to it. And the, and the director maybe not allowing that to happen, and he's sort of yeah. a bit of confliction because he just never really—he's—he he just never really suit, never really worked for me at all. In the role. Mm. Hayley Bennett, wonderful as Roxanne, she, she embodies. Someone you can imagine falling in love with, which I guess is the mm-hmm. whole point of Rox. Yeah. She is more than that, but that's sort of a key point you have to imagine yeah. that you know every man would want to fall in love with, and essentially that's mm-hmm. what it is. Um, but so I really, I, I really enjoyed it. It's um, it looks stunning, looks beautiful, and if you've seen you know Atonement and Anna Karenina and Pan and Darkest Hour and Woman in the Window, if anything, the man can make a good looking film. He's, he's not averse yeah. to make a, he can make a. Oh yeah, he's, film. he's got an eye for it. Yeah, def, definitely. Um, that this is up for Oscars, I believe. Is I think it is. Well. I think it, I think it was sort of rumored and muted at first. I think maybe it's something for like stuff like costume design and yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. It's, I think at one point, I think there's a little bit of rumors about um, possibly him up for an acting nod. Um, Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that has unfortunately fell away. It's up for one Oscar, which is best achievement in costume design. Oh, what was it? Was is that worthy? Is the costumes? I take it the costumes are all pretty sumptuous and yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody looks fantastic, and it plays to the real, plays to the yeah. plays to the, the, the time period and everything like that. So you know, everything looks everything looks good. There's, like nothing looks bad in the film. It looks it looks expensive. It doesn't look like some of the kind of films I've seen recently where it's like a, a period piece that looks like it's made for like BBC, you know, yeah, late night thing, or you know, it looks like an old episode of Doctor Who. It just like d- d- definitely night with a little bit of that. It felt a little bit cheap at times, yeah, trying too hard maybe at times, so, yeah, where it's too, <coughs> too polished to be authentic, yeah, yeah, yes. This, yeah. <coughs> this felt lived in and real, so um, really surprised. It moves at a decent pace as well, didn't I? Really thought I was sitting there thinking it was a bit of a slog. Hmm. And it never did. It <coughs> moved along just constantly. And I what, like is, said, what, really was enjoyed the, what was the runtime on it? How long was it on for? I want to say it's about two hours. Yeah, so it probably sounds about right for that. Yeah, I think it, I'm just checking this now for you. I think, I think roughly two hours, but it certainly didn't feel like a long two hours from what I remember. Two hours and three minutes. So you knock off maybe yeah. 10 minutes of that for something. So maybe about another 55. But yeah, it, yeah, it, it moves at a decent enough pace. You, you, you're always investing in it. And, it, and there's also a thing to be said about classic stories remain classic stories for a particular reason, which is yeah. they're classic stories. And if they're told yeah. well, they're always engaging. And the love triangle is something I think cinema and literature will always be sort of very much enthralled with. And as an audience, we're all very much enthralled with all the time. And the thing is, is, is you know, in 50 years' time, there'll be a Serrano de Bergerac movie. Oh, it will be another. It'll be one in 10 years' time. It'll, yeah, be, it'll be done uh, again. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Which... Again, his testament to the source material as well. Um, so, yeah. yeah, brilliant. It stands up so well. Um, out, out of 10, sir? Um, seven and a half out of 10. Oh, cool. Cool. We'll let it down for you. It was uh, Mendelssohn, obviously. You went over Mendelssohn's a bit of a let down. Um, they probably think, I think they could have elevated um, Hayley Bennett a little bit more to give her more to do. She, mm-hmm. she very much was just sort of like the pretty girl they all want to love with. Um, yeah. And the Kelvin Harris Jr., a few scenes, he didn't really match up to Dinklage, which I think is tough. That's that's really hard to yeah. up down a guy because when you're opposite the best, it sometimes even your best isn't good enough. But he yeah, seemed a lot. We he did, it seemed a little bit. That and I moved a few weeks ago, I remember. I can't remember which one it was, but we were since a movie we watched recently. Where it was uh, Old Henry, where he was so good that, yeah. you know, how do you 
how do you match? That? <coughs> um, yeah. How do you how do you that? I'm I'm more interested now that you're saying it's not a full on into the woods musical. So no, I think that's... there's gonna be like four or five songs in it, but they all which they... which I can I can tolerate. Yeah. That. That's that that's fine. Um, just quickly before we go, I forgot to say um, earlier on when we were talking about the shit I watched or the lack of shit I watched. Um, I, I took the kids on Saturday to, to we revisited Spider Man the way home again. Okay. Um, so, so this is this was my my second viewing of the way. I've not, I've not seen it since I went to see it when it first came out. Um, guys, it's it's really enjoyable second time round as well. Right. Um, do you know I mean because you you kind of more you know what to expect? You're more kind of relaxed, and you know you're kind of looking for for wee kind of nods and more Easter eggs and stuff like that. So that, that was it made it a kind of more fun watch. I think you know what I mean you're just kind of looking out for wee bits and bobs that mm. you've maybe read online about Easter eggs. So you're starting to look for them now, which was was really fun. Um, and on reflection, I, I'm going to say this again. I, Garfield stole that film. I, I, reckon, oh, I, I, I don't think Garfield. Garfield yeah, and yeah, me stole the film. Garfield yeah, was definitely uh, the best of Spider-Man. Absolutely. He's just there's so much heart and, and the, the few scenes he had, he just brings out a heart to But yeah, I took the kids to see that again. And really, but it was um the three pounds Saturday Cine World that was kind uh-huh. of yearly event. So it was absolutely packed. Um, and there's a lot of people like um this is crazy. So people bring in like two and three year old kids to see Spider-Man. Do you know what I mean? Obviously yeah. they would want to see it, but you know, you're sitting there thinking it's yeah, going to get nothing. You see, it doesn't, it's two and a half hours fucking long. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, it's quite the first 40 minutes. It's well. some real shit in the first 40 minutes. It's not interesting. Yeah, and it gets dark. It's scary at times as well. You know, with the kind of green goblin stuff. And you know, there's kind of kids crying and, and, you know, kind of parents up and down to the toilet every five minutes and stuff like that. So that that was a bit where I'm just like, you know, fucking, you know, don't bring your kid to that, you know, fucking. And, and I'm not saying parents shouldn't take kids and go and see fucking movies, you know, but expectations, you know what I mean? Like, think about the movie you're taking your kid to see, do you know what I mean, as yeah. well? And, you know, be aware of, you know, there's $400 people in the theatre watching mm. that fucking movie. Um, but, but all of that, um, really enjoyable. Um, I, I would I would heartily recommend, if you can, maybe seeing it one more time in the cinema before it, it hits the, big, the, the, the small screen. I, didn't, um, I enjoyed the final act, but I didn't love the whole film. I thought the film was very okay without being great. So I've, I've, I've not really got that much on the urge to go back and rewatch it. Well, you deserve to have a bold face anyway. So I am. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'll be happy to watch the three as a trilogy when I get them on DVD or Blu-ray. Mm. Sorry, I'll, I'll quite mm. happily sit down and watch all three as a trilogy. But um, gives a wee no, package. Yeah. I think maybe if we were, maybe if the world was a different place and we we're back in the office and I was trying to kill time between it, I wouldn't mind going and seeing it again. But I'm not getting out mm. my way to go and see it again. There's other things I'd yeah. like to watch. No, cool. I, I understand. So that makes perfect sense. Speaking of things that are out next week, um. There's only one film out next week, Colin, and that, and is, that is I'm Batman. The Batman. Yeah, the the, 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 this is the new thing. It's stuck down in front of it, and it's you know, yeah, that's yeah, the Batman. Movie, he is he is vengeance. He is Robert Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> World's got the, the the internet's going crazy. The internet's very angry about this already. You know, it's of anyone not loving hey, I've this seen film. That. Uh, what's kind of I'm kind of proud of the fact as well, but I think. Possibly me and you are one of the few people in the whole planet that have faith in Robert Pattinson. Because we're oh, both. No, I, I have faith, but the, 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 the internet seems to be torn in between two factions of people who reviewed it so far. One, people who think it was okay and it was like a good film, solid film, solid Batman film. And the arsehole's internet who believe this film should be the greatest film ever made by humankind and anything less than that 
will be, you know, a, is a, 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 a sacrificial. another fucking superhero movie. Do you know? It's what another mean? Batman. It's, it's the fifth person yeah. doing Batman in our lifetime. They've been all fucking yeah. five times we die. So it's just it's just another Batman story. I'm absolutely, yeah. Very much intrigued by it. Very much looking forward to it. Um, I'm a Batman fan. Um, I've I've yeah. done all the Batman films. Um, yeah. This will not match Batman Forever. I think we can all agree that Batman Forever is still the upper echelon of all Batman mm. movies. Batman Returns, sir. Batman we've, Forever. We've this. Batman Returns. Always Batman Returns. Always. No, Batman Forever has got a hot as fuck Nicole Kidman. It's got Jim Carrey. It's got it's got Tommy Lee Jones. It's got. Uh, but it Kilmer. doesn't have it doesn't have Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer is Danny a trump card. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. That skipping scene just did that. That on its own, man. That that. Four second scene blows anything out of water. Um, but uh, also, as well, I think I'm I right in thinking you and me are, are one of the, again, the, the minority that actually like Batman and Robin as well. I don't like Batman and Robin, I think it's a terrible movie, but oh, I have a lot of, I can enjoy it immensely while watching it. I, I, think just, I, I, I get it in a big way, man. I don't know, but I just I, I buy into it every time. Well, I'm always. the same with Batman Forever. This is what I think about. We'll talk about this more at length next week, but Batman Forever was the first Batman film I saw. Ah, right. So that's okay, that's so, my yeah. Batman. Like I was introduced to that before yeah. I was introduced to uh, Keaton Batman and stuff right. like that. So whereas for me, um, Keaton's <laughs> man production. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. objectively, yeah. I'm not denying Batman and Batman Returns are better films than Batman mm. Forever. I'm not even quite, mm. that's not a, that's not an argument. But if you ask me what Batman film do I enjoy watching mm. the most and will watch again more often than the other one, Batman it's Batman Forever. Forever. I, I find that that film instantly, and I don't know it's it, it's a mental thing. It's like I watched it when I was like eight years old, or whatever. Oh, like, you know, so Dude, it, it has that. Well, maybe probably not eight but, years but, old. But that's what watched, so I was like, I was like know, twelve when I saw it. So it's, it's twelve year old Richard saw that film and was like, "Well, this is Batman. This is this is what." I but want. it's like when it, whenever I talk with my son Aiden, who's nineteen now, if we talk about Star Wars, his reference to Star Wars is a Phantom Menace because <laughs> I took him to see that when he was like six years old. Huh. So to him, that's like, I mean, to us, it's it's not. I'll defend Star Wars, but it's not great. No. But to him, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, I love that film. He he's got vivid memories of sitting in the cinema watching oh. that pod race, you know, with a big exactly. fucking massive grin. And exactly. Yeah, I respect that. I'm like, yeah, that's your Star Wars. I mean, oh. you've you've owned that. You, you did that, and you make it yours. Yeah. Aye, the thirty-year-old yeah. men who saw it after, you know, who saw it thirty years after the original, love it. No, but that's not that film's not for you. Yeah, him. it's not for you. Yeah, it's it's this generation Star Wars, and I guess the Batman. Yeah, I had my Keaton generation. Yours was that, and you know, if, if Caleb, who's eleven now, goes to see this, this would be his Batman. Well, my sister, so, she in her mind, the only Batman she can have is is, is Christian Bale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's when it's, it's you know it's all subjective and there's no right or wrong. But no, I, I do have a, a perverse love for Batman and Robin that's unhealthy. I, oh no, I, my I really love for Batman and Robin is also perverse and, and it is yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, I, I will defend. I will defend it on a hill. I mean, it's it's, it's the wrong hill. It's the wrong hill to fight and die on. But I will still defend it. You know. It's like, um, oh no, I, I get it, but I just get the well, whole, it, you know the, the, the vibe. With, I get it, man. Big Forever and Batman movie. and Robin are both comic book films. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're comic they're taking, books brought to life. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they've got you know they're they're taking the sixties Adam West and they're, they're blowing it, amplifying out it, they're making people. it like it came off ah, a page of a comic book. Yeah, 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 and it works anyway. for for me. Anyway, next week this is this is you know this this is to get. <laughs> it's about our side. There'll be a lot of Batman chat next week because literally there's nothing. Is, else is that out. nothing else at all? Everything when else is, is um, when is the Phantom of the Open coming out? When when is that? That's got an advanced preview on the Monday night when Batman is on, which right, right, and then it's probably okay. out on Friday, I think. 
Right. Um, next, not this Friday, but next Friday is got a better sort of um, release stuff. The stuff on Netflix. There's like the new Pixar film coming out and stuff like that. So, mm. um, yeah, which I didn't even know until I seen it inside the bus the other day. Aye. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Um, Pixar have been doing. They've been sneaky, haven't they? Like, just you know, there's some stuff there. We'll, you know... we'll discuss it length and minutes out because there's some stuff to be said about that. Um, oh, yeah. So tell okay. me what you find us. Oh, uh, you can find us um, on all the social media platforms. So we're on Twitter. We're we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Gmail, we're on TikTok. We're not on TikTok. <laughs> we're never going to make it to TikTok. No, we're not. Um, <laughs> if you look up the number three beers in the movie, that's us. Um, so give us some, give us, give us some love, man. It's, it's, it's nice to, to get love from you. That's what fuels us. That's what makes us do this shit. Um, so we love each other. So that, it's, it's you know two guys loving each other talking about movies, but trying to that love. Yeah, look us up um, and, and you know, give us your comments and feedbacks. I've been Colin, you've been Richard, and we've been Booyah! Three beers in a movie.